Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 153 on Now You Know. Brought to you, as always, by our amazing, wonderful Patreon patrons. And don't forget that over on Patreon, we have really cool stuff. We've got uh, exclusive t-shirts and signed posters and mugs and all sorts of stuff. So head on over there and uh, see what kind of perks you can get. We're also sponsored by our friends at the Solar Powered Hotels in Schaumburg, Illinois, the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott, and the Town Place Suite Hotel right next door. They're both connected and they're both solar powered and they've got EV chargers out front. Right. And... It's right near the new service center there. That's right. And as Amazon Associates, we earn from qualifying purchases. So if you're going to get some stuff on Amazon anyway, use our Amazon affiliate link. And get this, this week, Jesse, uh, you know, as always, we're sponsored by EcoWare. I'm wearing mm -hmm. a new EcoWare shirt, and you can see that my brain is connected to a computer. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just planted 300 trees. Awesome. Yeah, we just decided to plant some in Brazil this time instead of Peru. So, uh, yeah, we got another 100 trees that just went in, awesome. thanks to you guys, because every time you purchase something from EcoWare, we plant a tree. So, I mean, on top of the tree, which makes everything carbon negative, we also carbon offset the manufacturer, the shipping and the life cycle of your purchase so that it is completely, I mean, didn't undeniably carbon negative. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get right into it, Jess. Cease and desist. Now, when I was a little kid, I always thought that it was cease and assist. No, there's no assisting here. No. It's desisting. Desist. Stop. The opposite of assist. Yes. Stop it. Stop it. So the nonprofit group Plainsight got a hold of some documents from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, through a FOIA request. You know what a FOIA request is? Freedom of Information Act. Yep. So uh, they got these documents last week showing that NHTSA sent a cease and desist letter to Tesla to stop making safety claims about the Model 3. Oh my goodness. And NHTSA also subpoenaed Tesla to get info on the number of crashes involving Tesla. So NHTSA took exception to Tesla's blog post from October 7th of 2018, in which Tesla claimed that the Model 3 had the lowest probability of injury of any vehicle tested by NHTSA. So NHTSA's guidelines ask car makers not to use terms like safest. Hmm. Uh, NHTSA is also asking the Federal Trade Commission to look into whether the blog post by Tesla was unfair or deceptive. Now, you got to remember that in 2013, NHTSA also took issue when Tesla uh, claimed that the Model S had achieved a safety score of 5.4 stars. NHTSA only gives up to five stars. And NHTSA doesn't want any manufacturer claiming anything more than just saying, like, we got this number of stars. So, oh my gosh, this is like, this is some terrible news, right? Because the, the NHTSA sent a cease and desist letter to Tesla. I mean, what is Tesla's recourse to this? Well, first of all, it's not that big a deal. I mean, a cease and desist letter just means stop what you're doing, please. You can respond to it. It's not mm -hmm. a legal document or anything. Okay. Um, and so their lawyer did respond to it. Um, Tesla's response to NHTSA is as follows. Dear Mr. Morrison, we are in receipt of your letter requesting that Tesla discontinue use of public statements that the Tesla Model 3 long range rear wheel drive achieved the lowest probability of injury of any vehicle tested in NHTSA's new car assessment program or NCAP. Respectfully, we disagree with the agency's position. Tesla's statement is neither untrue nor misleading. To the contrary, Tesla has provided consumers with fair and objective information to compare the relative safety of vehicles having five-star overall ratings. 
NHTSA's NCAP has succeeded in challenging manufacturers to develop safer vehicles, and now, with approximately 40% of vehicles receiving five-star overall ratings, it is more important than ever to help consumers differentiate. Tesla's blog statements are entirely based on actual test results and NHTSA's own calculations for determining relative risk of injury and probability of injury. Based on this published data, the Model 3 long-range rear-wheel drive has achieved a vehicle safety score of 0.38. That translates to an overall probability of injury of 5.7%. NHTSA has rated almost 1,000 vehicles since the current NCAP began with the 2011 model year. We have compared these results to every other public test report. No other vehicle has ever achieved an overall lower score. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now I had to dig through a lot of documents to find that response because uh, there's just a lot of just crummy emails back and forth. But that's basically Tesla's response to NHTSA. So, wow, there is a lot to talk about here. Yeah. So first of all, there's this thing with the five star crash safety ratings. I'm not paying attention to every single car that has a five star crash report. Um, I don't have like a a big thing on my wall that's keeping track of all this stuff. You're telling me that 40% of cars being sold have a five-star crash safety rating. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's good. It would be bad if they all had one star. Right. But you'd think that if, you know, most of your class is, is doing pretty well, you might want to make the test a little harder. I mean, this is like if you were a teacher in a class and 40% of your students were getting A's, but some of the students were doing a lot better than the other kids that were getting A's, and you didn't change anything, which is fine, like, in, ele in elementary school or just, you know, oh, we're just trying to meet up to the standard. But this, no, this is like a competitive well, thing. And we're talking about safety here. I mean, if you right. want to have the safest car, which you should, right. then it's not true that all five-star cars are the same. Right. Some are better than others. It's, it's not just like, that It's not like they're perfect. Right? It's not like you can't get hurt if you get into one of these cars. That's not true. Tesla is being a tryhard here, it, you know, to use the school example, you know, they're trying all this extra effort putting into their school project or whatever right. to get ahead and to be better than everyone else. Yep. And basically all they're asking for from NHTSA is like, would you please just acknowledge, like, let us acknowledge the fact that our cars are the safest because they are according to NHTSA's data. And that's the weirdest part about this. Yeah, so digging through this FOIA request, I found that NHTSA's only thing they could really hang their hat on is this statement here. Uh, NHTSA's big claim is that NHTSA's guidelines explain that comparing frontal crash ratings or overall vehicle scores of two or more vehicles with a weight differential of more than 250 pounds is inappropriate. So their claim is basically, your car is way different than most other cars, so you shouldn't be comparing apples and oranges. So, I mean, this would mean that if you were, you know, driving something really light, I don't know what the, a really like light... A focus or yeah, something. Focus or, you know, an even smaller car, like a, like a Golf or something, and then you got into an accident with a big truck... That like, oh, well, there's no no knowing how, right. what the safety margin is there. But Tesla had a pretty good response. The Model 3 rear-wheel drive long range has an average curb weight of about 3,885 pounds. According to EPA, the average weight of a light-duty car or truck in 2016 was 4,035 pounds. So although we never intended to comment on weight, the weight of Model 3 is closely associated with and within 250 pounds of the average vehicle it may impact as well. In addition, according to IIHS in 2016, 41% of car occupant deaths, 
56% of SUV occupant deaths, and 59% of pickup occupant deaths occurred in single vehicle crashes. Therefore, a majority of potentially serious crashes involving a Model 3 can be expected to involve no other vehicle or a similarly heavy or lighter car, truck, or SUV. I don't think NHTSA really has a leg to stand on here other than they just don't want car manufacturers to stand out in the crowd. I think that they set up these standards so that all car manufacturers could get to safe. Right. And then it's like, okay, don't, don't, nobody's uh, right. going to stand it's out. It's five stars. What, what more do you want? What right. more could you ask for? It's five stars. Hey, right. you want this car? It's five stars. You want that car? It's five it's, stars. It's such... You don't want that car over there. It only has four and a half stars. But this one has five stars, and so does this one. So what's it going to be? Right. And I mean, it's such an American way of doing things because, uh, you know, it's like this is safety. This is right. This is not like, I don't know. We're not talking about hot dogs or something. Right. This is safety. So having the most safe car in the world could be something you would want. Why Why not continue to differentiate the safer and safer and safer cars and you just only have one car that has five stars? This is the one car that has five stars. That one only has 4.92. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the biggest complaints of NHTSA's system is that it's usually way far behind the times. Usually uh, it takes a few years for them to catch up to some whatever the newest safety features are. So in the meantime, there's no incentive for a manufacturer to even include that. Right. So I'm getting so excited about version 10 software coming yeah. soon. Uh, Elon just said, Tesla software version 10 is looking real good, releasing to early access list soon. So then on Twitter, Pauline said, will version 10 be available end of August in Germany too, or a bit later? And Elon said, might take a bit longer to get through regulatory approvals, likely September. So it looks like Europe is going to get a little bit later than we are here in the U.S., but we'll uh, we'll get it warmed up for you, get you you know get it working for you, and yeah. then uh, pass it on to you. And rightly so, Mark Lindzigan asked, "Any teasers?" And Elon said, "Video is amazing with the Tesla sound system. Will include karaoke." This means I didn't think that was going to happen. I did not think that was going to happen. But apparently, we're going to have video. Which That's means awesome. I could have Netflix in the car. You could have now. You know, in the car. Yeah, YouTube, Netflix. I hope they have all the other streaming services since Netflix isn't going to cut it in terms of being able to watch all the shows you want to watch. That's a completely different rant. But anyway, that's awesome. And then you have the Tesla sound system, which is super exciting. Yeah. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I went to go see a movie in a drive-in movie theater. And it was great because you hook up the, you know, you the radio. And so you get the full surround sound bassy everything it's way better than my tv which just vibrates at way too many frequencies it resonates and stuff <laughs> but the only problem was i was facing the wrong way so like when an explosion would happen over here i would hear it over here because oh. i was i was looking out the back of my car uh, so having the so screen sorry. in the front no it's it's all fixed because having the screen in the front means that we're going to have it facing the right way and then karaoke, which I'm just so excited for. Well, and uh, someone said, what does the new update include? Looking for more teasers here. And Elon said, tons of fun, which is true. <laughs> you put YouTube in your car, that's tons of fun. And karaoke, I, I look, I don't get to do karaoke enough. Karaoke. It's, I know it's karaoke, but in the car, it's karaoke. I don't get to do karaoke enough. It's really? fun. Yeah. But like you have to go to a place, spend a ton of money. No. To sit in like a gross room and you have to get a ton of other people to make it worth it. And so you're only singing part of the time. 
And the rest of the time you have to like cringe and listen to your friends. Again, big bonus, you can do karaoke in the car with just yourself. You don't have to have anyone it's else. The, it's probably how it was intended, actually. A karaoke? Yeah. It was like, this is, this this is a is... great way to learn music. And then they were like, that's an expensive machine. I guess we need more people to make it worthwhile. So remember last week, I put out the call um, for our viewers, somebody to help us. Because, you know, Elon puts out a lot of predictions. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, oh, he's always late. Well, I wanted some data on this. And I wanted some help. And we got some help. Mm-hmm. Our friend Zeke helped us out. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Zeke here from sunny San Diego, California. Well, it's Saturday night, so it's not so sunny right now. But I wanted to introduce you to the Elon Time Converter Spreadsheet. Uh, I got this idea from you actually on your Monday show. You said, hey, every time Elon makes some crazy, amazing, world-changing new product and service and gives us a date on that, maybe we could use some of the data to convert that to our earthly calendar time. So that's exactly what I did. Let me see if I can show it to you here. So first, I just compiled a whole bunch of data from Elon's tweets and press releases and was able to, to document, you know, all the way back to the 2000, or to the Roadster launch and Roads, new Roadster battery, you know, when uh, estimates were made, what the date of that est- completion date was, and then what the actual date is to get you know the difference. Um, so I used that data then to build a model and create this converter tab. So in summary, of the 31 predictions or promises, 16 were late by an average of 225 days, so about half. 15 were actually ahead of schedule or on time with an average of 55 days. Um, two were canceled and not included in, my, in the data, like the Tesla minibus was canceled and full self-driving coast-to-coast. And really, that's because um, the Tesla minibus is not needed because of the boring uh, company tunnels will solve the same issue of traffic. Um, and then the the coast-to-coast drive is just a PR stunt, and, and Tesla's really focused on making building out full self-driving to be dynamic for any road trip, right? So I don't blame them for canceling that. Uh, so to, to get into it, to give you an example, oh, and I'll point out that when when there was five instances where Elon gave an exact precise date and all five of them exactly on that data was delivered. So um, when you start getting at these predictions like here where it says by end of year or a certain month, it gets a little bit harder to predict. So to, for an example, the solar roofs um, ramping up production, I inputted the inputs here, and that gives me an estimate. Elon says by the end of uh, this year, so we put 12-39-2019, but based on the past data, we calculate an on-time probability of 38%, and if it is late, it more likely it'd be close to August 28, 2020. Um, I do wanna give a big caveat. We're dealing with time timelines and predictions. I tried all kinds of regression models, and really wasn't able to find one that was significant. These p-values are terrible. Um, but what what I what I did um, want to point out is Elon is changing the world. Tesla employees are changing the world. SpaceX, boring company, and whether they're a little bit late, the bottom line is this quote right here: "I always deliver what I say, just maybe not in the time frame that I say it." And that's fine because at the end of the day. 
Tesla employees, SpaceX, boring company. You guys are dragging humanity forward, sometimes dragging us by our hair, and I really appreciate all the hard work that you guys are doing. I just created a funny little spreadsheet. I don't know, I'll put it on the internet in case uh, people have better ideas or wanna kinda expand on it. It might be a fun thing to do. And I'll just make one plug. I'm trying to be the first ever person to crowdsource a Tesla Model 3 online. Go to, go to the GoFundMe, I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, but what I'll do in return for it is eight hours a day on a Saturday, I'll stand in front of a car dealership, a BMW dealership near my house, park the Tesla Model 3 there with a big arrow sign saying free test drives, drive electric, um, and try to convert some of those would-be gas um, owners or, or uh, customers into uh, Tesla Model 3 purchases or Model S or X or just you know bring them over to the EV revolution. So trying to crowdsource that, I will post those videos online. The eight hour footage, I'll speed up, I'll make it entertaining, and I'm gonna do that. I think I said for 24 Saturdays, um, and document it and film it and if I don't I'll sign a contract or I'll, I'll commit to raffling it off to anyone any one person that actually donated so just think if we could get 6,000 people to give 10 bucks we can get me out there on the street giving uh, free test drives and even make some more uh, more uh, EV customers alright guys keep up the great work see ya I love the regression stuff yeah yeah I mean it would be really weird if you could predict it really accurately, like well, maybe he can. I mean, he's got a spreadsheet. We're gonna put the link down below so that you can, you know, try it yourself. Yeah, we've uh, we've just put in some calculations here. Remember Elon's tweet about holding the Tesla pickup reveal event in September, October of this year. Mm -hmm. Well, according to Zeke's calculations, that is a thirty-six prob that has a thirty-six percent probability that it will happen on that date. More likely, though, it will happen near March seventeenth of twenty twenty. So. Let's see hmm. if it's correct. Interesting. All right, I've been wondering this for a while, and this tweet just kind of answered it. Daniel Mendez said, how can I get into the early access? I have full self-driving. And Elon said, priority slash early access will be automatic for all users with full self-driving. Okay, because I'm a little... I'm a little angry if you haven't sensed it already. Right. I've, I've had full self-driving signed up. I bought it day one, and I've not been part of the early access program. And so I've always been like, well, did I say something wrong? Did Was I taken off the list? Maybe I did. Uh, but it's never been clear to me. I know people who are on the early access program who got their car after me. Yeah. So Wh What? I, I mean, what? All right. So Bob Jewey says, awesome. Is it still planned that early full self-driving buyers like myself will be in the early access list because it hasn't been the case at all? Feeling you, Bob. Um, and Elon said, thanks for reminding me. Will rectify. Okay. That's um, slow down there, whoa. Elon. <laughs> uh, thanks for reminding you. Don't you have some other people that work on your team right. that could be reminded of right. this? Like, shouldn't this be Is he the not only your... Google Calendar in the company? This is not your problem, Elon. This should not you should not be rectifying this. You should be calling someone and saying, Hi, hello, you're fired. <laughs> and also just leave on the desk that they should fix this problem. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but like someone should be in charge of this and that mm -hmm. someone should not be Elon Musk because he has so much to do. Yeah. He has so much other stuff to work on. This should be the last 
last thing he should be thinking about is yeah. like who is on the early access program. And again, if you make us the VPs of special operations, we'll take care of this stuff for you. That's, yeah, that's how it'll be in it the lunchroom. I'm gonna find out whoever that guy is. I'm gonna give him a big noogie, and we're gonna get that settled out because like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Now, uh, Juiced went on to say, "Bought full self driving three months ago. Will I still qualify for early access?" And Elon said. Full self-driving owners will get priority in the upload queue, which is not what early access is or or was. No. Let, let's be clear. So early access program was supposed to be a bunch of kind of beta testers who would test out things like uh, the new enhanced summon, right? Where yes. you, you want people you can kind of trust to, you know, use it properly and to give you feedback, right? Or just a small number. So right. that way if all of them crashed in one day, it wouldn't be all the Tesla cars in the world, it right. would just be a smaller number, which could be a little bit more manageable. If you're saying that all of us on full self-driving are gonna get the upload first, what you're basically saying is that there is no early access program, that everyone just gets the updates all at the same time and we just happen to get it an hour or two or a day or two early. But that's not true. No, it's not. Because I know the people are on the early access program because I talk to them and they tell me. Yeah. And they, and they have these connections. They say, oh, yeah. I know this guy. Why do they know a guy? There should be no knowing a guy. This is not the mafia, okay? We should just have a system and follow the system. I hate to be mean to Tesla. I hate to be like dragging down on Tesla. There's enough FUD out there already, but I am so sick and tired of this like early access lie that, that some people have it, some people don't that should. It's just annoying. I kind of picture. A Don up there in the early access program. Hey, Jesse, yeah. <laughs> you want to be admitted? You're going to have to do me a favor. Yeah. One little favor. Right. You, you get What's it? the favor? I'll do it. I want enhanced summon right now. All right. Get a carpet and some chain and some duct tape. <laughs> I mean, what? And meet me in the alley behind Fremont. All right. So Model 3 is poised to be the number one global premium car in 2020. So this article by Clean Technica gives the story of a very conservative outlook for Tesla, which would make the Model 3 the global number one premium car in 2020. And it's not like if everything goes right, it's actually being, I think, way too conservative. Um, and so you can see here on this chart, the red line there is the Mercedes C-Class. The yellow line is the BMW 3 Series. And that blue line, of course, is the Model 3. And you can see it just growing and growing and growing while, while the other ones are staying stagnant. Stagnant. And so by 2020, it looks like the Model 3 will overtake those two cars to be the number one premium car. In the world. In the world. Now, why are you saying that this is conservative? Well, because the numbers they ran are basically... Um, just assuming kind of steady state growth, like nothing crazy, uh, mm -hmm. basically look going off very uh, boring quarters. I think there's no reason to think boring is going to happen at all. I mean, once Shanghai gets going gangbusters, there's tr plenty of demand there. There's plenty of demand here. It's just that everyone's been reporting lately like, oh, well, why don't I see people lined up in front of Tesla stores? You know, that's because you don't need to anymore. So apparently Elon Musk supports Andrew Yang for president. Yeah, pretty early in the campaign for him to even come out with a, uh, a choice. And just odd for me because I can't recall any CEO in my life who's ever come out in favor of a candidate where it wasn't like right down near the wire mm -hmm. or it was the candidate that like everyone knew was going to win. Andrew Yang is obviously a long shot and Elon's coming out for him early in the campaign. 
And so th- we basically we just get this tweet um, from Elon that says, I support Yang. Uh, he said he would be our first openly goth president. I think this is very important. He's not goth right now. <laughs> Maybe he was goth as a... I think he was goth uh, as, a, as like a teenager, which makes sense. That's kind of when the craze kind of happened is right around when Yang was a teenager. But I think that there's a reason why he is supporting Yang. And that's because Yang is all about, all about automation, what it's going to do to the, to America, and what we can do to kind of offset the damage that it will do in terms of jobs and stuff like that. So I think that that's why Elon is supporting Yang. I mean, they're also very similar-ish people. I mean, Yang is a venture capitalist and Elon is an entrepreneur. Uh, those They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, no, it's interesting because uh, having this discussion this early in the campaign is great, I think, because we're going to start to talk about topics that aren't traditional political topics. Right. Usually it's just, you know, education, I'm in favor of jobs. But now we're going to have to talk about, well, what are you going to do if the jobs turn into be robotic jobs? Are right. you, how are you going to pay for things? Right. Like, what happens when a lot of the truck driver jobs go away because Elon Musk disrupted them away? <laughs> right. Um, it's nice. It's a really, it's kind of nice to have Elon supporting a candidate that is going to try and fix what would happen with the disruption of, of jobs right. due to automation, which Elon is causing or could be potentially causing. Right. Like you could imagine in a cartoon, you'd have some character that's like, I'm going to steal all these jobs. And he'd go, nah, 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 nah. those suckers will never know what hit them. Right. Whereas Elon is actually like, oh, I'm going to support a candidate that if he wins would make a system that would hopefully help people avoid the troubles of automation yeah so i think it's really interesting so when i read this uh in the guardian i uh well i got depressed first then i got angry first Um, i didn't believe it yeah i i kind of thought well it's the guardian they're they're from england they don't understand that we have a constitution here in the united states well what i'm talking about the sort of thing that we tried to get away from with those those dirty brits exactly so what we're talking about here is that uh, 18 states 18 united states want to outlaw protesting pipelines, oil pipelines. So when I first read it, I thought, well, that's something they want to do, but it's not going to happen. And then I read that it's actually passed in some of the states. So for instance- Five states. Yeah. And so in five states, it is now against the law to protest an oil pipeline being built in your state. Let me just quote George Monbiot, who is the Guardian columnist. Um, We are told to fear the extremists who protest against ecocide and challenge dirty industry and the dirty governments it buys. But the extremists we should fear are those who hold office. If you think it's just the states you should be worried about, In June, Donald Trump's administration proposed federal legislation that would jail people for up to 20 years for disrupting pipeline construction. Take a look at this map here, Jesse. So Mm -hmm. this is showing you which states have enacted uh, these laws, which states have uh, are proposing them and which states it hasn't passed. Um, But that's not not a small number there. That's 18 states. So when the Texas law goes into effect on the 1st of September, it will make impairing or interrupting a pipeline construction a felony punishable by up to two years in jail and a $10,000 fine. If an activist is alleged to have intent to damage or destroy a pipeline facility, they could face a third-degree felony on par with attempted murder and up to 10 years in prison. And any organization found to be similarly culpable could face a $500,000 fine. A little history lesson. The United States made a constitution. A lot of people like the Constitution. 
A lot of people support the Constitution. A lot of people have little pocket constitutions. Mm -hmm. So the, the First Amendment goes like this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So peaceably assemble. Well, I will say uh, the argument you're going to hear back from these people is they're going to say, no, no, no. If you peaceably assemble, that's fine. It's just that you can't have the intent to damage or destroy a pipeline facility. Okay. So let me just walk through how this usually goes. Now, usually you're in front of town hall, mm -hmm. right? And town hall, there's maybe some news organizations. They have cameras. Everyone's got a phone. It's all connected to the internet. Oh, you're talking about like if you do a... Uh, if you're doing any kind of protesting... Gotcha. You know, you're usually in front of, you know, some building, some building that has a lot of important people in it. And you're usually in a city or a capital or something like that. And so you're protesting something there. So if you get arrested, there is clear, you know, people can watch you get arrested and I be see. like, oh, that guy, look at this video evidence of this guy not doing anything wrong and getting arrested. Yeah. Gee, that sure violates the Constitution. Bad things should happen to the people who made that happen. Here's the problem with pipelines. They're in the middle of absolute nowhere. Okay, so there is no guarantee that you're going to have internet. There's no guarantee that the press is going to be there right. filming it. Um, and there's, no, there's going to be no guarantee that your phone doesn't get confiscated. Right. So <laughs> here's a problem. You have people protesting in the middle of nowhere. The police can show up, arrest everyone, charge them with this stuff, and send them to jail for a really long time or give them extremely harsh... I mean, this is extremely harsh sentences. Well, well, here's the problem I have. Intent to damage or destroy. How do they know what my intent is? If, exactly. I mean, it's one thing if I'm smashing on it with a hammer, but if I'm just standing there with a sign that says, I want this out of my state, well, I guess that's my intent to have it gone. You could... Are you going to put me in jail because I intend to do something that you read in my mind? Isn't that Minority Report? That's Minority Report. Isn't That's it, future crimes. Right. I mean, like, really? Really? So basically what this is all, this is the whole thing is just to make it so that way if you were thinking of like, damn it, I'm going to drive out into North Dakota and I'm going to protest that pipeline being built, you're going to think twice. You're going to go, oh, right. crap. Right. I could go to jail for 10 years? Yeah. I could have to pay half a million dollar fine. Right. I mean, if any nonprofit wants to like start a protest, they're going to think about getting faced with a half a million dollar fine. I think they're going to think twice. This should not happen. No. This like, how, how did these things happen? I didn't want to go here, but I think the reason why it's happening now is because they know the Supreme Court, the way that it's made up right now, may rule that this is constitutional. And that's a scary, scary thought. It's the whole point of having the Supreme Court. It's yeah. the whole point of having these judges who basically, you know, legislators can say whatever they want. It's up to the judicial branch to come in and check the power of the of the legislative branch and to be like, no, that's not constitutional. That violates the constitution of this nation. Right. And it just goes to show that our government is bought and paid for by big money. It's corruption. Here. It is absolutely exactly. corruption. If anyone tells you that it's not corruption, you slap them in the face and you say it's corruption. Let's talk about a country 
that's doing kind of the opposite. Yeah. So uh, here's some good news from Sweden. So the Swedish road tax is going up for internal combustion engine or ICE vehicles. Um, and starting on January 1st, the tax is going up an average of about 30%, making it more expensive to drive an ICE car in Sweden. So to give you an idea of what that would cost you in an average car in Sweden, let's take a Volvo, uh, maybe the V60. Uh, that's going to have an increase from 6,554 sec to 9,688 sec. Or for those of you who don't know what a sec is, uh, it's probably not even called that. Yeah, that's the Swedish kroner. Um, so that's a $328 increase. That's not nothing. Yeah, so you might think twice about buying a nice car. And speaking of Swedish roads, we've been getting these weird stories from a lot of our Swedish viewers who have been telling us about BMWs that have been catching fire and exploding all over Sweden. And Europe. So BMW has recalled 1.6 million cars throughout Europe, or and 35,000 of them are in Sweden, because the diesel-powered models were at risk of catching fire. And I learned a little something from Robert Collins, who is a journalist at Oftenblavet. He says this, I'm not surprised. This is how it works. If this had been in the U.S., it would have been in a completely different way. In the United States, if a manufacturer knows that this product has a serious defect and does not tell it to the people, then they will be able to sue the manufacturer. That's not the case in Europe. Here, they can hold on and try and fix it. The classic is that as BMW now goes out and says to all their workshops, these cars have this serious flaw. When they come in for another reason, such as an oil change or service, then they take that opportunity to correct the error, but they say nothing to the car owner. That's really freaky. It's really That's freaky that I've only been able to see these images that you're seeing here of BMWs you know, on fire through Swedish press that... Uh, I haven't been able to see this anywhere else. And in the beginning, I thought, well, this is this can't be true because I'm only hearing about it from like one source. But then we heard it from many other sources. So I'm putting the word out to our European viewers. What's going on here? Yeah, but we're not there. So it's not like, you know, when a car catches on fire, we can go see it. Keep your ears to the ground and like, let us know. Like, get it, get in touch with us on Facebook and just tell us what's going on. And I just want to say, you know, if the if this were a FUD story about Tesla that, you know, 1.6 million Teslas, that's more than they even have, yeah. were catching on fire, uh, that, you know, that would be a huge FUD story. Right. Um, but instead, it's another company, and so no one hears about it. Right. So Tesla has filed a building permit to convert warehouse space at their Fremont factory into a research and development lab, which will include a vehicle testing facility, which supposedly will focus on vehicle reliability. So this 302,000 square foot building on Cato Road will now have 250 employees and will be equipped with vehicle lifts, test chambers, workshops, and storages. The future Energy Reliability Lab, which is going to be located in a smaller 8,500 square foot space, is going to be outfitted with test chambers, a workshop, and solar energy product testing equipment. Now, the vehicle testing facility, which is going to take the bulk of the space, about 165,000 square feet, it's going to have a crash track, a crash sled, test chambers, vehicle lifts, and labs. Get this. Tesla is looking for workers right now to work in these labs. What an awesome job if your job was to take a Tesla and smash it. I I mean, I don't know if I would really enjoy that job. No? It, I don't like seeing beautiful things smashed. But in the in for safety, I understand why you do it. This sounds like well, I mean, like why haven't they done this before? Is the is my biggest question. I think this is about robocar testing. So if you're gonna make a car that's going to go a million miles and it's going to be used all the time by more than one person, right? So it's not right. just one owner. You're going to need to make it 
differently than a normal consumer car. Because right now, these are consumer cars that we're buying. Right. So the seats, you know, they're very durable. It's enough for your butt to get in and out of it for years and years. But it's not really enough for the car to be in use all the time. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, like when you slam the door on your car, you're it's your car. So, you know, you're, that's how you slam the door. Right. But hey, if it's not your car, I mean, then you're just going to slam the damn car door, you know, and, right. and you, it's going to happen hundreds of times a day. And all so, the things that people say about these robo cars, yeah. cars that are fully autonomous and will pick people up and drop them off, is that, you know, maybe someone gets sick in one of these cars. Maybe right. it, you know, maybe there's a big dent in one of the cars. So part of this could be developing systems where you go in and you just four bolts and you take the seat out, put another one in and you're ready to go. Like, yeah. it's a, like it's a race car or something. Except no, with, exactly. Except with dirty seats. And I mean, think about this. They're the only car manufacturer, if we're right that they're doing this at mm -hmm. all, that would be researching this for the future because they know that robocars are coming and that they have to treat cars completely differently than they ever have before. I mean, when you get on a train or a bus, it's built to that industrial standard. Mm. But no car that I know of is built to that unless it's made for the army. Right, because the, it's, the, the car companies are penny-pitching the whole time. Right. They're just like, okay, well, if we use those seats, then it will last for this long, which means that's fine because that's longer than the engine of the car will last because right. it's only going to last you know, like 100,000 miles and then it's going to have all these problems and then it's just going to be a teenager driving it anyway, so who really cares? Yeah. Um, this is a completely different product and that's yeah, so exciting. You, to your point, you're not making the car for consumers anymore. Right. You're making the car for Tesla. Right. <laughs> I mean, Tesla, let's be honest, if this works out, Tesla's just going to own all the cars. Right. There's no reason for them to sell them and if they do sell them, it's going to be to some other industrial commercial owner. Right. Um, I think it's going to be a fun job to have because... Uh, well, just think about it. Your job is going to be to kind of like be the worst beat customer on a car. Like, right. It's like just like a lot of punk. It's like, it's like a mosh pit in there. Yeah, it's going to be like mosh Mondays. Come on in, everybody on Mondays. It's a, and the let's... Monday mosh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just imagine everyone comes in bleary eyed on Monday. All right, guys. Uh, as you know, it's a, mo a Monday mosh. So um, yeah, we're going to be turning up the music and uh, just try and break as much stuff as you can. All right, it's time for the lightning round. Check out this new solar patent, Jesse. And mm -hmm. uh, someone tweeted to Elon, what does this remind me of? Elon said, hmm, he's thinking. So for the Tuscan tile solar roof, they're thinking of putting little solar panels all along the curved surface of the, of the roof, which is really interesting. So each tile will have multiple uh, solar panels in it, which means that throughout the day, one of the panels is going to be getting more sun than the rest of them right now a swedish friend of ours told us about the fact that if you are riding an e-scooter in germany and you don't have a license which means you didn't get insurance and the proper permit for it you can be fined a ten thousand euro fine for riding an e-scooter in germany now this happened in menheim germany so it might be different in different towns and i'd love to hear from our viewers i know that there's uh e-scooter rentals in germany i know that like lime and other companies mm -hmm. do it um, but those, are, I guess, are all registered. My question to Germany is, if you're watching and you're in the government there, what the heck are you thinking? It's a scooter. Right. Like, do we have to register everything that can move? I can understand maybe like a little five euro fine, like, right. okay, don't do that again. Right. But what, like, what, what are the speeding tickets in Germany? 
Yeah, what? I mean, what do they think you're going mean, to do with the scooter? You, you could try as hard as you could to do as much damage with the scooter as possible. A, it would involve you not driving the scooter. It would involve you swinging the scooter around like a big flail. That's what they do in L.A., actually. They do that in L.A., and it's really scary. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do this. This Just, is a stupid thing. Now, I understand. E-scooters have a terrible name. And f*** you, bird, because you screwed it up for all of us. They dumped scooters on San Francisco streets with no business license, no plan. They were just like, we're going to maybe make money, and they didn't. And it's their fault. And everyone was like, what is going on? These scooters are everywhere, and no one is taking like responsibility for this. And they've ruined the e-scooter name for everyone, because forever. It's a great last. Ah! It's a great last mile solution. It's so nice to get where you need to go. So imagine, great. imagine you get off the bus and you still have a mile to go. You hop on an e-scooter, easy peasy. But right. like, so it's a great solution. But yeah, wh- why did it have to get ruined? And people should own them, just like bikes. Like most people own bikes. This has been a thing that's like gone back in time. Is that like? You'd get a bike when you were six, seven years old, and then you could ride it around. The same thing can happen with scooters. It's really nice. It's a really, really nice way to get around. I can tell you because I've gotten around LA, I've gotten around San Francisco, and even where I live on a scooter. It's great. Don't take that away from people and don't make it that like, why, why, why does government have to sink its teeth into everything? So British Columbia's transportation minister, Claire Trevina, said that the transportation sector is the fastest growing source of carbon pollution. And the British Columbian government is aiming to help reduce it by committing to buy electric buses. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. The first 10 heavy-duty electric buses will join the fleet in Victoria in 2021. And then starting in 2023, British Columbia's transit will buy only electric buses this all started way back in 2018 remember remember 2018 mm-hmm. uh, when they got one electric bus to try it out mm-hmm. and guess what what they loved it Every, the bus, the bus drivers loved it. loved it the passengers loved it wow. everyone on the street loved it because it didn't smell right yeah so surprise surprise surprise, surprise. You, get, you get butts and seats in an electric vehicle and yeah. everyone loves it so the plan now includes replacing more than 1200 existing buses and adding another 350 over the next 10 years with the goal of having an entire fleet of electric buses by 2040 now my only question is i think it's great you're basically gonna keep just buying electric ones when the old diesel ones wear out but couldn't you sell the diesel ones to another city? Like, does that happen? Do municipalities do that? Do they buy used things or do they only buy new things? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just sad that you have to wait till 2040 to get them all to be electric. But. And I think it's annoying that they're only going to start buying the, you know, only electric buses in 2023. Like, just commit right now. Because that's what you have to do is commit right now. Yeah. All right. So what do you think is going on here, Jess? Um, well, it's an electric car. Mm-hmm. They're racing. Well, it's a Hyundai Kona. Zero to 60 in nine seconds. That's okay. I mean, great. Drive into the future. Love it. it. It's the first all-electric SUV in India. A lot of empty highways. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of empty highways in India. Are they? No. Yeah. No, I think the good news here is that finally, I mean, we're seeing a commitment to get an electric SUV in India. I don't know how big that market is in India. Mm-hmm. I assume it's relatively small. But uh, yeah, if you're in one of our Indian viewers, uh, please let us know. Like, is it a big deal or are SUVs kind of just like a rarity? All right, so here's some homework, folks. Homework. Check out this video here. This is on Lex Friedman's uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Fantastic channel. He interviews a lot of really smart people on his podcast. And he just interviewed George Hotz. And you might be asking like, 
who the heck is George Hotz? He was the youngest person to ever hack an iPhone. But more importantly than that, he runs Comma AI, which is an autonomous driving company. Basically, just using a phone and a couple other doohickeys and some software, he's able to turn like Toyotas and Honda, Hondas into uh, autonomous cars that can drive level two, just like Tesla's can. Anyway, Lex interviewed him for two hours, mm-hmm. had a lot of interesting things to say. We can't possibly talk about it all here, but what we are going to do, you guys are going to do your homework and watch this in the next week. And then next week on Patreon bonus story, we could talk about a few things and you'll understand what we're talking about because you will have seen it. Oh, so this is homework for people who watch the Patreon bonus stories. Yeah. The big point here is that he said, quote, Tesla is going to win level five. And he knows what he's talking about because he owns an autonomous car company. All right, so Jesse, check this out. 2019 may mark the beginning of the end for coal power in Europe, said Dave Jones, an electricity analyst at Sandbag. Why did he say that? Well, because this year, wind and solar cut coal by 9% and natural gas cut it by 9%. So European coal dropped 19%. Wow. Wind and solar cut it by 9%. Yeah. That's almost 10%. And 10% <laughs> is almost 20%. 20% is almost 50%. 50% is almost 100%. That's you how it see, works. This is how we do it, folks. Yeah. You just keep chipping away at the coal. No, don't do that. <laughs> Leave it in the ground. <laughs> Leave it in the ground. So there are now 30 new Tesla service centers that have been put online by Tesla in the past few months. Tesla's really proud about that, so they tweeted it out. We've added more than 30 new service centers in recent months. Where to next, rocket ship? Uh, I don't think they're going to put one on Mars anytime soon. But check out this list here because it's a lot of interesting cities. Um, What we've noticed is that um, they're now going to like the secondary markets. Uh, a lot of these places like Schaumburg, Illinois, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, these are places where, you know, it wouldn't be your first choice to put one because they've already got one in their first choices. Right. But they're going to be a little bit less busy. Yeah. Um, so it's not right in the heart of the city. Yeah. I think the most important thing, though, is the actual location within the city. Where is it exactly, and what are the facilities there like? A lot of excited people this week when they heard that Jeff Don had a new paper out. So Jeff Don is a leading researcher of lithium-ion battery chemistries at Dalhousie University. Now, Tesla hired him to work at Tesla Canada's R&D group in Halifax. Now, Don just published a new paper in Nature Scientific magazine claiming that anode-free lithium metal pouch cells with a dual-salt liquid electrolyte have 80% capacity remaining after 90 charge-discharge cycles, which is the longest life demonstrated to date for cells with zero excess lithium. If liquid electrolytes can be used to create safe, long-life lithium metal cells, then existing manufacturing equipment can be used to rapidly commercialize high-energy-density cells. Obviously, we're going to get to solid state someday. It's some magical battery that can get your car 600 miles with no problem. In two seconds. Charge it in no time at all. We're not there yet. Right now, we have to deal with what we have, but at least... What we have is freaking sweet. So Tesla just announced that they have new Model 3 floor mats. For $195, they've got these new ones with vertical walls, which a lot of people like because you can keep the mess in the floor mat. And just dump it out. Yep. And they say the floor mats are made of 100% recyclable thermoplastic elastomer material and completely free of cadmium, lead, latex, and PVC. And according to a new study published in the Transportation Research Interdisciplinary Perspectives Journal, which followed over 10,000 adults in seven European countries, people who ride e-bikes get even more exercise than traditional bicyclists. Uh Uh-oh. 
I hear I hear gears spinning. I hear they're coming to I, get us. I hear idlers moving. <laughs> I want to just tell an anecdote about what we did literally yesterday. Yeah. We're testing out some new e-bikes. We decided to go for a little bike ride mm-hmm. to see what we thought of them. It turned into a 5-mile bike ride all around town basically. Mm-hmm. Um because they it was just so much fun. Now, we were still pedaling, but there was a huge amount of pedal assist there was even throttle on some of them we could just go and go and go and we biked further than we have ever biked before now i know if you're a serious bicyclist you're like five miles yeah yeah we're not serious bicyclists so for us like after two we're like can we get home and this is the point of the study the study's author largely attributed the increase in exercise to the increased amount of time that e-bike riders spend on their bikes compared to just non-e-bike cyclists and that e-bikes took longer distance trips the study also found that e-bike riders were older 48.1 years versus 41.4 years, and e-bike riders have a higher BMI, 24.8 versus 23.8. So you don't have to be in as great a shape to get onto an e-bike, which is a good thing, right? We want more people to be able to get onto bikes. We don't want it to just be the extremely fit among us. And it just means that once you get on the bike, you're much less likely to get off because you're not going to get tired. Right. But you're going to be doing more exercise because it's a longer, you know, you're just going to go longer. You're not worried about getting back. So you don't turn around quite so soon. Let me tell you, e-bikes, whew, they are awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. This week, we've got Chris in Yakandanda, Australia. G'day, Zach and Jesse, and all the Now You Know viewers. I've come to this community of Yakandanda to explore how they've actually like generated to date more than one gigawatt of power, and well, they're moving towards 100% renewable by 2022. And well, this is their story. All right, so um, how did you get involved with this project? Um, in Yakandanda, there was a a real interest, I think, in uh, in what what we could do around our energy democracy. So taking taking uh, generation and creation of renewable energy into our own hands. Um, back in 2014, 2013, 2014, there was a, a local government prepared a um, a bulk buy of solar panels, and, and Yakananda had a really high uptake of that. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of funding left over, um, and we ran a community forum. Um, and, and at that community forum, it was decided probably by about 10 or 12 people that we wanted to continue this as a, as a um, community group. Mm-hmm. And then a, a couple of us from that forum headed to the first um, Coalition for Community Energy Congress and came back from that in 2014 with a real shot in our arm to, to make the town 100% renewable mm-hmm. by the year 2022. In 2022, when hopefully you get this 100% renewable uh, target and you yeah. reach it. We will. Don't You don't have to say hopefully. Hopefully. You will yeah. get there. Yeah, you will yeah, get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Do you know, like, right now, there's maybe a proportion of the community members who don't have it. Do, do you think you'll be celebrating with them who will come around? Uh, I, we're never going to get it all with solar rooftop. Mm-hmm. That, but, uh, so we, we're always thinking of other ways of adding to that. Yeah. So getting everybody on uh, uh, would be great. Uh, but I mean, some people just can't afford it either. And, and that's where the community energy retailer is going to make a difference because we're going to be able to help people who perhaps are renting or don't have solar because mm. uh, they can't afford it. They'll be able to buy cheaper energy because we all have 
So that's the, the next exciting sort of image picture that we're moving beyond 2022 is, yeah. ha is having feeding back to our own community energy retail and people yeah. are pretty excited about that at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's exciting all the stuff you're doing here. So congratulations on what work you've done so far. And uh, do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, well, what have I got to add? Uh, just that our next, I think after after this too, is, is we're all going to end up with EVs, cars. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. That, that's the next goal I'm as well. You. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> so that's 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 the thing, next thing I'm looking at, yeah, yeah well. is, is a battery and perhaps uh, an electric car. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So we'll be the hub for that soon. Oh, well done. Yeah. Look forward to that. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, drive your electric car up. I shall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Diane. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. So that was just a little teaser. And well, if you want to see the whole thing, head over to my channel where I've actually got a lot more footage of what they're doing and a lot more interviews there. So if you want to, head with the links down below. And well, back to you, Zach and Jesse. Thank you, Chris. You can see Chris's uh, YouTube channel. It's Chris Vanderstock's YouTube channel. The link is down below. He has some really great videos. He covers all sorts of cool things and you get that total Australian perspective. All right, it's time now for Patreon bonus stories. Um, this is where we talk about even more news. There's more stuff that happened. This show is already long enough. Um, so we made some of the stuff that we can't show on this show into a separate show that we show to our Patreons. So head on over to Patreon and uh, support us for as little as a buck a month and you'll get to see everything. Hey everybody, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon shout outs. These are people who support us with $5 or more a month. Who do we got this week, Jess? We have Stuart Cameron, Bradford Dushak, Craig David Flores, Brian McCaig, Richard Swink, Anders Bohr, Eric Peterson, Rasmus Koefud, and Tobin. And we didn't mess up any of the names. Again? The, Is this two weeks in a row? I think that's two weeks well, in a we row. Well, we probably did mess them we up, but we're not going to acknowledge it. We definitely messed it up, but we didn't redo any yes. of the names. We did it all straight. And if you're waiting for your shout out, because it's been maybe a few weeks and you're like, Zach, where's my shout out? Uh, it takes a few weeks. Um, so don't worry. They're coming. Right. We only read a certain number of names every week, and that's just to even it all out. And then your names go at the end of the show in the end credits. Yes. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. What do we got this week, Jess? Um, so there's a, whew, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, let me, let me read what Everyday Astronaut said. He said, I can't wait to see a booster come into port with two boats carrying two fairings someday. Oh, man, wait until there's a Falcon Heavy where everything but the upper stage is recovered and reused. That'll be incredible. And let's talk about why he's saying that. Uh, they, again, for the second time, have caught a fairing. Now, if you're saying, what is a fairing? L let me tell you. So, SpaceX rocket goes up. There's that little pointy bit on the top. Mm -hmm. That part goes poof, into two pieces, and they fly away from each other. They cost millions of dollars. Yeah. And so Elon said, hey, instead of these smashing into the ocean to never be used again why don't we reuse them because it's essentially a pallet of millions of dollars right. hurtling towards earth mm -hmm. so they put a parachute on it and then they sent out a boat with a gigantic net to go catch it and then we get a video like this all right it, it like it's a this is it's beautiful yeah. it's like a painting it look it looks like um it almost looks like Starry Night to me. 
Well, you said you want it on an EcoWare T-shirt. I do want it on an EcoWare T-shirt. Let's see if we can make that happen. Oh, it's, it's so it's so pretty. All right. So, Masternot said, "My question is, what's your current estimate on the total cost of having a self-sustaining civilization on Mars?" And Elon said, "Between hundred billion and ten trillion dollars," and that is a big range. It's a huge range. That's, I but mean, <laughs> it's hard to you know, it's hard to estimate that. Yeah, it's yeah. also hard to imagine ten trillion dollars. Yeah, you could buy a country for that much money. Sure. Uh, Walter McVeigh said, "Any insight into connecting Starlink constellations between both planets?" Elon said, "Will be needed for sure. Bandwidth, no problem. Latency is a challenge." So, I mean, it's a good news for like Netflix, but it's a bad news for Skype. Uh, Everyday astronaut said, "It's quite literally, absolutely game changing what you and the insanely hardworking team at SpaceX have managed to do in such a short period of time. I'm constantly floored by your progress. Thanks for shoving humanity into the 21st century." Elon said, "Thanks, Starship, which aspires to be fully and immediately reusable in super heavy class, is a truly peanut emoji." Rocket ship emoji. Even though I'm immersed in Starship slash Raptor design and build seven days a week, it still doesn't feel real. If he thinks it doesn't feel real. Right. Now, I don't know what he means by peanut emoji, rocket ship emoji. Does, does he, he mean nuts or does he mean like it's a small peanut of a ship? So then Regan Beck asked Starhopper 200 meter on August 16th through 18th. Elon said, just spoke with FAA, so hopefully yes. So, what does this mean? So basically Starhopper is their test platform to, to test taking off and landing a rocket ship vertically, which is mm. insane. And they're going to do a 200 meter test, which means they're going to go 200 meters up. Oh, that's pretty far. And 200 meters down and land it. All right, it's time for community mail time. So David answered our question from a few weeks back where we asked about the amount of time spent charging uh, versus gas station refueling an ice car with a comparison between his wife's Volvo X90 and his Tesla Model X90D over the past 22 months. He estimates that regular charging at home to have taken about 55 minutes to plug and unplug his car at home, because it only takes him a few seconds, versus the Volvo ice car has spent 880 minutes refueling. If people are like, but wait, I thought it took a while to recharge the car. It does. But when you get home at night, you go to sleep in a bed. And so you don't need to be in your car or like wait for your car because you're already at home. In a gas burning car, you need to go to a gas station, which is gross, and you shouldn't sleep there. Which means that you need to wait for the car to be done fueling so that way you can leave and go to your house to right. get into your nice warm bed. Now, supercharging on four road trips in his Tesla Model X took 815 minutes versus, for the Volvo, five days for the Volvo to have car service, two days for Volvo to go through some recalls, and one day where the Volvo broke down. Um, also, with fuel, his Tesla cost $466 in electricity over that 22 months, but his Volvo cost $6,600 in gas. Our friend John from just outside of Houston, Texas, wrote to remind us that not everybody in Texas is opposed to renewable energy. Not shown here is the 28.1 kilowatt PV solar array on his roof. And yes, those are signed Founder Series Powerwalls. John also reminds us that only two states in the union prevent you from buying a Tesla directly from the factory. And that would be Texas and michigan so our friend bastian said that he has this super duper recommendation for the maple hill bed and breakfast in hollowell maine it's got two tesla destination chargers and two j1772 chargers it's powered from a 15 kilowatt solar panel array plus a 10 kilowatt wind turbine 
Even the hot water for the building is from the sun, and the owner is really nice, and the place looks awesome. So I say from now on, plug for a plug. This is our friend Robert's Model 3. He lives right in the same town as we do. Hilmar is super excited about the new Tesla service center and three superchargers opening in Iceland. Here he is showing his Model 3. In Iceland. Our friend Ryan in Kentucky sent us this, which is kind of sad. Uh, Ryan says that these car license plates are everywhere in Kentucky where he's currently living. Yeah, yuck. so Gross. that's yucky. It should, also, it should also say lots of other things, like Cole gives your kids asthma. Yeah. Cole's going to make sure your kids are going to live in a dystopian future. So Jesse, remember we went to Florida on our road trip and mm -hmm. we stopped at the Plantation Florida Supercharger? Yes, we stopped there twice because we were we went down to Key West and we came back up and we stopped there twice and I didn't like it both times. Well, guess what happened three weeks ago? It exploded. Superchargers can explode? No, there was a gas explosion at the supercharger a few weeks ago. And our friend Co here reported that about five days later, Tesla had the superchargers back up and running. All right, it's time for our on-air question of the week. We've got a question here from Jonathan. He says, when discussing the Green New Deal, detractors always ask, but how are you going to pay for that? Besides taking oil subsidies and applying them towards renewable energies, I have the following proposal. State and local governments could pay for solar installation on people's roofs on the simple condition that the private citizens benefiting from said installations could just pay the governments back on a monthly basis in accordance to what they were previously paying for electricity and heating bills, thus substituting these polluting technologies and at the same time increasing the value of the home. To make it more worthwhile for taxpayers who essentially are the investors, the agreement could include the homeowner would have to continue paying for a further year to pay back the interest. This solution seems so simple to me, but I'm not an expert in any means. What do you guys think? So this is extremely similar to a power purchase agreement, which is basically where uh, instead of the government, you go to uh, a solar company who says, we will install the solar on your roof. You don't have to pay anything up front, but you are going to pay for the electricity that it generates at a generally a lower rate than what you're currently paying for electricity. Um, and so it's a really great option for people because it lowers their electric bill. It gets them onto solar. And then in about 20 years, which is usually how long these things last, um, you have solar panels on your roof that you now own. Exactly. And I mean, I have the system and the reason I could afford to do it um, was because our state, Massachusetts, gave a big incentive to do it. So there was a solar credit program, which right. made it all possible. So basically your idea, Jonathan, so it's, it is a viable idea. It does work. And it doesn't mean the government has to get involved in actually putting them on your roof. They could just have this program and then private companies would come along and do it. Like well, Tesla and, did. and the solar credit, it, this is a complicated issue, but basically the solar credits would have benefited you if you wanted to put the solar panels on your roof yourself. Right. I think that your idea is a good one. I think that uh, a government could do that. I think that it could be done privately. Well, and I just want to show Massachusetts did it and did it very well. And so we are the fifth most solar per capita in the country. We're, we're by no means the most uh, sunny state, right. but because our government got behind it, we put in a lot of solar. So yes, if your country or state decides to do this, You'll, you'll have a lot of people switching to solar too. So Jonathan, awesome idea. You should run for something. All right, it's time for the results of our Patreon poll. We asked, do you think Tesla will actually release version 10 in August? And most people said, nope, probably more like September. 
I I I lean to agree to agree with them. I mean, it's it's always better late than never. All right, time for supercharger reviews. And remember uh, that you can go to our webpage where we've got all the supercharger review videos. You can upload yours, and it'll be on there instantly. And then Brent and Bobby and Jack will go grab those and put them on the show. So right. let's see what we got this week. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Luke and Ivy at the Friars Road Supercharger at 7007 Friars Road in Mission Valley. Uh, this is in San Diego, California. Uh, this is a really nice supercharger. It's, it's at the mall. It's in the parking garage next to Bloomingdale. There's plenty of places to eat. Um, there's a Sabaro, some cafes, um, Panda Express. Uh, and plenty of, and that's right Ivy, plenty of other ones. Um, it's a great place, there's a play area for kids. Ivy's a little 20 month old toddler so she really likes to go there. Also, you can also go to the Lego store where they have usually some free blocks you can play with. Uh, so Ivy likes to go there too while we supercharge, so. I rate this supercharger an eight out of 10. It's got a lot of stores, a lot of food places, got places for kids um, it does get full sometimes and it, it, the charging is limited to 75 kilowatts all right love your show guys hey Zach and Jesse this is Tim at the Jackson Tennessee supercharger it's an eight stall charger um, it's right off the highway pretty easy to get to um, there is a country store with a restaurant right behind us. Um, and then if you cross the main strip right here, there's a McDonald's and a couple of other fast food places. Um, overall, it's easy to get to the supercharger, but I would say that as far as choices of places to eat, there's not much to choose from. Uh, I would give this about a six out of 10. Now you know. Hi, this is Delaware's Newark Superstation. It has 12 stalls, as you can see, and it has a, a welcome center here that has plenty of uh, stores, restaurants, uh, market, um, even massage chairs. It has a Starbucks in it, has a Popeyes, Carmel, Auntie Anne's, um, Cinnabon, Pret, a manager which has organic food, so that's pretty cool. Um, Burger King, Panda Express. Um, so across the uh, superchargers is a Starbucks as well, but I don't recommend that one for dirty bathrooms. And on a scale of one to ten, I give this a, a nine. Doesn't get a ten because there's no hotels or places to stay. That is fantastic. So yeah, if you're like planning a road trip and you're like, I don't know what, like I, I can see what's around this supercharger, but I don't know what it looks like in terms of like a walking around kind of view. Right. This is a great way to see it. Again, head to our website, check it out. All right, what do we got for new superchargers this week? We have the 16 stall urban supercharger in Fort Worth, Texas. We got number 33 in Italy, number 472 in Europe. It's the 8-stall at Borca di Cadore, Italy. Number 14 in Taiwan is the 4-stall at Taichung in Quinmi, Chenpin. We've got the 10-stall Urban in Stamford, Connecticut. 
and number 686 in the United States, number 1613 in the world is the eight stall 150 kilowatt supercharger in Stamford, High Ridge, Connecticut. Yeah, both are in Stamford this week. Uh, two different Those locations. Lucky ducks. Yeah. We have been working on something with the working title of Community Projects. Um, we hatched this idea when we started our Discord a little while ago. Um, and we quickly realized that Discord is the absolute worst place to start something like this. Let's talk about what the idea is. Yeah, the idea is that we're going to have a website where people from around the world can go to start a project that they want to complete that will be good for the planet, right? So getting solar power on their local school you know, roof, roof, exactly. Or um, getting an EV charger installed somewhere. Right. Because when you want to do these things, a lot of times the hardest part is just knowing, well, where's the, how do I start? What, what is the ways of, to succeed? You don't want to start, you know, reinventing the wheel. Right. Someone's probably already done this. So the idea here is that as we put more and more projects on this map, you will be able to learn from other people's mistakes and failures and you will succeed. And you can help people who have projects because right. you probably have some level of expertise in something that someone else right. who was trying to accomplish something doesn't so right, like i'm good at making logos so i can make a logo for your group great then it can get put on a t-shirt and that can be part of the the project right um you could be a lawyer oh i can help do contracts all of this kind of stuff we we all kind of have this same goal here in in our community is what we've noticed is that you know we want electric vehicles we want renewable energy so it's a pretty wide open field in terms of right. what we want to accomplish. So again, we're going to have community project leaders who are going to be leading their respective projects. And then we're going to have people who are going to be volunteering. And again, volunteers can start their own projects. Like it is a, it's this constantly evolving thing right. where we're going to be, and we're going to be showcasing the successes of people. We're going to be showcasing the failures of different projects. You know, why did it succeed? Why did it fail? What can we learn? Can we pool this knowledge together to make it easier to accomplish a project and, and I mean, make the world a better place? This is kind of a community project right, right here. We need some help coming up with a good name. So head on over to Patreon. And even if you don't support us on Patreon, we've got a, a post there that you can add your thought to. So go over there, post your idea for our community project's name, and uh, maybe it'll be the one we pick, which right. would be great. Because we've got an awesome team of web programmers and project managers working on this as we speak. Yes. All right, it's time for the Patreon giveaway. This is where we give a EcoWare t-shirt of your choice to the winner. It's getting uh, heavier. Is it? Just yeah. filling up? It is. All right. And remember that with EcoWare, we have new designs every week, and we uh, carbon offset all of your purchases from manufacture through shipping. And who is the winner this week, Jesse? Jason Harvey. Congratulations, Jason. You have just won an EcoWare t-shirt. You could choose this one, which is kind of like Neuralink. Or you could choose uh, the one Jesse's wearing, or any of them, actually. So congratulations. All right, you made it to the end of the show. I am super excited that we're going to have people heading on over to Patreon to help us name this Community Projects website because yes. it needs a catchy name. I was like, in the beginning, I wasn't even thinking of the name. I was just like, whatever, I'm so excited about the website. Right. But the, without the a good name. work is so exciting. Yes. Um, but it does need a good name. Yeah, because if we call it Community Projects, it's just going to sound, I don't know, it's going to sound like... I don't, I don't want to even cloud your decision-making yeah. process. I'm just super excited because we've got an amazing team. 
Like, oh, yeah. we, we put the word out, and I kind of thought in the back of my mind, we'd be lucky if, like, a couple people say, well, I could help you for 12 minutes. Right. No, we got people who said, like, I, we can help you for as long as it takes. Exactly. And, yeah. and these are, like, top-notch. We got we saw your resumes. Like, these are people who have designed things that are just Way cooler yeah. than what we need to do. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, I'm just so excited to have these people at our disposal. And these are just the web developers and the, and the programmers that we ac we accidentally asked for programmers. We didn't mean to. <laughs> Should have just been asking for web developers. Right. Um, but in the future, I mean, I'm just so excited that we have so many amazing people that watch this channel. Um, because a lot of YouTube channels, I don't know if you've noticed, um, you'll go down in the comment section and it's just a bunch of... Mm. Uh, I hate to say 12 year olds, but like it probably is they are either 12 or they act like a 12 year old right. like or they have never grown up. Or well, something. it's like they're just trying to get attention or right. something. Whereas our viewers, you are by all, and large. Yeah. Mature. Yeah. Intelligent. It's really nice. Like some of you even have intelligent discussions in YouTube comments, which yeah. I'm pretty sure is against the rules for YouTube because I've never seen it happen anywhere else. Well, and it pumps me up because yeah. I'll tell you when when you read a negative comment, it, it ruins just, your entire week. Yeah, it just deflates you. I mean, I know it shouldn't by now, but it still does. Oh, it I does. mean, um, whereas when you read a bunch of positive comments and, and thoughtful comments and, and things that think people are like asking questions and getting answers, you're like, this is right. Awesome community. And this is why it's so awesome to have our Patreon and to have our Discord because it's it's really cool. We have like 500 people on Discord and everyone is respectful. Yep. Everyone is interested in the same things and we're all talking about it and we're all, you know, we've got our got our Beach Buggy Racing 2 leaderboard up there and I'm starting to lose ground. Oh no, you were first for a while. I was first for a while. What mostly happened? I, well, I made Did the leaderboard have, and have... I put all of my times in it. Oh, so basically, you were number one because you were the only one on there. Yes, yeah. but I have still, I did good. I did pretty good. That's a tough game. So where are you now? I don't know, I haven't been keeping up. I'm gonna have to. And can I just remind everybody, Europe hasn't joined yet, right? Because I think they did. They did? Europe is I on there? I don't know. I don't know. Someone <laughs> started beating me. Craig, way to go. Thanks a lot, Craig. No, I'm, I'm glad that you're actually <laughs> That's awesome. You're actually so get back me. in there and come on. You made it all the way to oh, the final level, didn't you? How many times? No, actually. Oh, you didn't? I've been like saving it. Oh. I shouldn't do you that. Should, no, you should play Because I want to play a Star There's more game. games coming, like chess. I got chess. <laughs> I know. I did too. Have it's, you been playing some chess? <laughs> It's really. Hey, I'm sorry. question, question. Can we play chess against each other in different cars? No. That would be fun. Why don't they implement that? Because it's needlessly complicated to play a game that you literally can play against a computer with. No, but I don't know. it'd be fun to play a... with other people. I don't like chess. See, if VP of operations, we would have thought of that. Yeah, we would still be having meetings about how I don't <laughs> want to put that functionality in there. It's much better to put Beach Buggy Racing in. No, that was a smart one. I like that one. Well, I mean,. Multiplayer beach buggy racing would be a thousand times better. Oh my gosh, that would be. Than chess. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Chess is a boring game. It's over. Wow, do you think they'll open that up? Is that going to be some of the fun he's talking about in version 10? That they'll have multiplayer, like, beach. Three dimensional chess? No, not chess, but, three, you know, multiplayer mm -hmm. games. No. That would be good. 
I don't think that Wouldn't they that will. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, it would be, but they don't need to do that. They just need to put YouTube in the car, and it's already... That's it, it's It's like a... It's like a freaking sound... It's a, What's the first video you're going to watch in, uh, in the car? <sighs> I don't know. Whatever <laughs> pops up on my feed. Hey, thank you so much for Thanks joining, so much everybody. for watching us. It was so fun. That was great. Yeah. And uh, I think it's time. You've earned a little stretch. Get a little snack. Get something to drink. It's, been, to, a, it's been a long go time. Go to bed. Go to bed. Hug your family. That's what I'm going to do. Call your wife. Yep. Call your husband. Say, Tell them that you love them. Because that's what we need more in this world. That's so true. just, you know, go do a good thing right now. Because you just watched a one-hour video. That's true. See you, folks. Bye. Now you know.